What's up, citizens of Apologia? This is King Ginger, and I just wanted to take a moment to encourage you all to sign up for Apologia All Access. When you sign up for Apologia All Access, you're going to get exclusive on-demand content. This means that you and your entire family are going to get to watch every single TV show, every single after show, and every single Apologia Academy with new content dropping every single week. But most importantly, your contribution helps Apologia Studios create quality, Christ-centered entertainment that reaches millions of people on our YouTube channels and through our podcast with the gospel. So what are you waiting for? Change everything at ApologiaRadio.com. Non-rockabotus must stop. I don't want to rock the boat. I want to sink it. Are you going to bark all day, little doggy, or are you going to bite? Brett, delusional is okay in your worldview. I'm an animal. You don't chastise chickens for being delusional. You don't chastise pigs for being delusional. So you calling me delusional using your worldview is perfectly okay. It doesn't really hurt. (laughs) She hung up on me. What? What? Desperate times call for faithful men and not for careful men. The careful men come later and write the biographies of the faithful men, lauding them for their courage. Go into all the world and make disciples. Not go into the world and make buddies. Not to make brosives. Right. Don't go into the world and make homies. Right. Disciples. I got got a bit of a jiggle neck. (laughs) That's a joke, Pastor. When we have the real message of truth, we cannot let somebody say they're speaking truth when yeah. they're not. Take an amazing journey to a place that will blow your mind and move your heart so you will never be the same again. What's up, guys? Welcome back to the Gospel Heard Around the World. This is Apologia Radio. You, of course, can get us at ApologiaRadio.com. That's where you go to get all the past episodes. Fantastic stuff. You should go look. We've had a long history with some great theologians, scholars, scientists, all kinds of people that have uh, blessed us with their time and their talents and gifts, uh, talking about Jesus, talking about the gospel, the biblical worldview. Exciting times for us right now. We're up to 50 episodes. Are we? 50 yeah. Of what? Apologia TV. Oh, really? Apologia TV. Sweet. Yeah. Are you serious? Really? That's yeah. great. Fantastic. How many after shows? Somewhere near the same? Around the same, yeah. Okay, awesome. Off and on. And then we also have the Academy. What's the next? Well, let me me ask you this. What's the next Academy being dropped? Doug Wilson. Doug Wilson on what? Worldview. That's fantastic. Well, that's that's exciting stuff. So if you guys haven't uh, checked it out yet, you guys can go to Apologia's All Access, our Academy, and you can listen to the last two Academies dropped. You have Dr. Mitch Stokes. From uh, New St. Andrews, you get them at nsa.edu. Don't do nsa.gov. No. That wouldn't be good. nsa.edu. You you might see Marcus's picture on there, (laughs) 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 though. You guys can check him out over there. Uh, Dr. Dr. Mitch Stokes uh, did something on uh, mathematics in the biblical worldview. Again, as I've said so many times before, uh, if you're like me and that's just not your area of expertise, uh, it's irrelevant. Ultimately, this is not about math problems in terms of you getting into calculus or something. It's about um, the biblical worldview being a foundation for arithmetic. So it's really apologetic in nature. Uh, it's fantastic, actually. It's and, actually not even Mitch Stokes' area of expertise, if you listen to it. He yeah. says it wasn't something he... Like he wasn't a math guy until he studied theology. Right, because his area is philosophy right. and Christian apologetics. And so uh, and awesomeness. And that, that reminds me, I'm actually, <laughs> I'm sitting here right now in front of me, I got Vern 
uh, Poitras. I have uh, Redeeming Mathematics, a God-centered approach. Uh, Vern Poitras, of course, PhD from Harvard University. Um, he's a professor of New Testament interpretation at Westminster Theological Seminary. Uh, fantastic book. If you don't have that, get this book alongside the Mitch Stokes uh, talk that we have on Apologia Academy. If you love Christian apologetics, this is an area that is just amazing. I mean, simply amazing. It will really blow your mind. Uh, so get it. And of course, we also have Dr. Benjamin Merkel, whom we just had on Apologia TV. We did. Um, his wife just wrote a book. Um, <laughs> oh, what's it called? Uh, Eve, exile of Eve. Ex, uh, Eve and Exile. Eve and Exile. Eve and Exile against feminism. Against feminism. Yes, yes, yes. And we're actually going to have we have plans to have the ladies of Apologia Church yes. interview Mrs. Merkel. Yes. On that book on mm-hmm. Apologia TV. Rebecca's so her name, right? That's Rebecca. Rebecca. Biblical name. Exciting stuff coming Daughter up. of one Douglas Wilson. Daughter of Douglas Wilson. Yes, yeah, we keep it in the fam. That's what we do. Keep it in the fam. So, uh, speaking of feminism, uh, so we have released, Apologia Studios released a new podcast uh, called Sheologians. And it is run by one Summer White and one Joy the Girl Tembi. That's right, Joy the Girl from Apologia Radio. They've teamed up and they have a podcast called Sheologians where it's two ladies talking about lady things and Jesus. So uh, are you saying they're th- are you saying they're feminists? No, I'm saying that you, you said know, speaking of feminism. I'm just encouraging. I know, that was well, I, no, so so okay, so I'm attaching the thought. So okay. uh, I'm just making sure. So to clarify. Summer and Joy have had quite the time in the last two weeks with uh, with the um, the token village feminists <laughs> and uh, yes, so you got true. I think you know the secularist <laughs> feminists that are coming after them, and you've also got of course. Uh, people wearing um, uh, the Christian uh, costume, uh, speaking about their feminist ideas, and uh, you've got uh, uh, Rory Michaels. Um, no, wait, what's her name? That's her name, though. It's no, Rory no, what, no. What is really her name? Jory Micah. Jory Micah. Jory Micah, Jory Micah <laughs> is uh, she's Rory just Michaels. done some crazy stuff with Summer, made all kinds of crazy accusations, called Doctor White like the leader of a cult, and. And, yeah. and, you know, here's the thing. If she knew any better, she would know that she did her homework. Right. She would know that Summer's actually under my care. So who's right. the cultist now? <laughs> oh, dear. Oh, man. <laughs> we went there. <laughs> just, anyway. So, somebody's, uh, anyway. Somebody's clipping yeah. that. No, I'm just saying, trouble. look, be better at your homework. I mean, that's that's all. Just, you know, work work harder at, like, you know... Getting all the right, right information. If they did, they wouldn't be feminist, though. <laughs> That's true. <Right. laughs> uh, I will say this: uh, with the success they've had on the iTunes charts, I how, wish how that the feminists would come after the us too. Right? How far has it gone up the so iTunes charts? So, Sheologians is number two in religion and spirituality. Yeah, number world worldwide, right, right under Osteen. Oh, uh, right under Osteen. He's hard to knock out of his spot, though. Oh, I was yeah. just thinking, he's got like teeth. thirty. He's got thirty thousand Facebook Can't reviews. Beat those teeth. He's got like thirty thousand uh, church members too. Hey, church, church members. This I just the dawned term on loosely. me. It dawned on me. This is probably the most irritating show for any anyone with any feminist Eminy. with anyone Eminy. with any feminist tendencies. It's all a bunch of dudes right now. Every one of us has a beard, and every one of us hates feminism with a passion. Yeah, <laughs> except except for Sage. We think feminism is he doesn't have a, stupid. He doesn't have a beard. He doesn't have a beard. We love Jesus. We love women, and we think feminism is stupid. Yup. <laughs> yeah. Now that we have, I'll say this: rooftops are better 
than the Sheologians Facebook threads when feminists are on it. That's for sure. <laughs> so, uh, hey, if you're a feminist Clever. and you're listening to this show, hey, we love Got you for em. Jesus' sake. We just think that what you believe is stupid. <laughs> <laughs> no holds barred. So, um, Why don't you tell me how you really feel? Yeah. So, and, you know, we want you to know Christ and we want you to get, get your life right with a biblical worldview so the world can be blessed and, uh, you know, we just think... Women it's a, can be empowered. It's no big deal. It's just a blight on society. That's all. <laughs> It's that's all. So uh, speaking of feminism, um, hey, I don't like. I'm not saying I'm, I'm for this guy, but this is just one of those perfect oh, examples of just how feminists can't. They just can't take it. They can't take it when someone like you know responds to them and says like direct things and just speaks the truth. They just can't. They're in awe. Like um, Rory Michaels when Summer was. You know, it, what somebody didn't even do anything, but just, you know, sort of try to give some sort of a, like intellectual biblical examination of particular views. And um, so she took it upon herself, uh, Rory, uh, to uh, respond with like, this is hate speech. And it's, you know, it's a typical line, a typical feminist line, which none of us are buying anymore. You need to work harder because um, no one believes it. Is it because uh, it's stupid? It's, because it's, it's stupid it and is. no one believes it. Uh, so work harder. I mean, here's the thing. Like my son and I were talking just, I think just yesterday, that you've worn out the old liberal line. Like when everybody else who disagrees with you is um, a hate monger, when they're a bigot, when they're intolerant, when they're a homophobe, when they're xenophobic, when, when, they're, all the, when they're all those things, when everybody is that, there's no more definition any longer. You've worn it out. It's time to like actually start engaging. You know, put your big girl pants on and like engage in a real meaningful fight. Does that bother you? Your stupid pants. <laughs> We're gonna get so much trouble for this. I'm just biting my tongue over here. I, okay. Yeah. Me too. So, so uh, here we go. This is. Um, Again, I'm not down with this guy. All right, I'm not giving approval. I'm just, you know, I'm just saying this one little moment here on Fox News where he tells the truth to a feminist. You know, she couldn't take it. It's just a good example. There's absolutely no evidence of this, and it's just not true. It actually is true. No, it's not. Washington Gavin? Free Banana Peel is not a legitimate be the organization. Washington Free Beacon, which is a legitimate newspaper. Yes, but it's Gavin, look, there's different ways to look at the data, but the big picture here is women do earn less in America because they choose to. They would rather go to their daughter's piano recital than stay all night at work working on a, a, a you know proposal. What? So they end up earning less. They're less ambitious. And I think this is sort of God's way. This is nature's way of saying women should be at home with the kids. Are They're you, happier there. I, I hope that your viewers do not take you sir seriously there's a great book because you should read it's called why men earn more and it's all about women choosing to put family over work and that's why they earn ha less. having a choice does not mean that you're less ambitious and your comments are absolutely deplorable sean i would like less you ambitious in the i would you like you to adjust you're, you're a father you have a daughter heroes. if you were a real feminist you would support housewives and see them as the heroes you and women who work wasting their time you said that women are less ambitious women are you less have ambitious. said you have also said that women are better suited in the home. Yes, You've that's also a fact. said that, uh, let's see, that women are emotional 
and women shouldn't run for public office. All of these things that just I never are said absolutely... women shouldn't run for yes, public you office. Have. You've said if we're that talking before. about 50% of the population, generally out of this 250 million people or, or 150 million people, most women are happier at home. They are pretending that they like working and they're not making money because they don't stay all night at the office. They don't go the extra mile. Why they don't work all here? weekend. I'm You're making a mistake. Here? You would be much happier at home with a husband and children. Oh boy. Oh, I mean, boy. I'm, I'm literally oh. You just said you're single. Oh. You don't have a boyfriend. You're what? That's you're my celibate? Choice. Yeah, look, you're miserable. You would be so much happier with the kids around you tonight. Because <laughs> you're coming home. Mommy's home. You're you, you, you know you what, wanna... Gavin? You're, you're not funny. You're not what you, not you do not do anything. I'm trying to make you happy. You do not do anything for the better. Sean, this yes, isn't funny. Feminism has made this... women miserable. Women were much happier when, there was, when housewives were glorified. I, guess what? I had right, a choice gotta... to be married, and Get I chose not to. Right, I have a choice up. to have kids. You made a mistake. Tamara, we'll give you the last word. Go ahead. <laughs> I think that your guest here is doing a disservice oh, to all no. the viewers and to do, doing a disservice to America by saying that women, that I need to be married, that I would be happier would be at home. Happier married. That you're what miserably married? Just because no, I'm just ecstatic. having a I'm ring trying to on... share my joy. I, you should see my little two-year-old. Not two -year -old. everybody He's has the same life, the life pattern as you. Okay? I know it's the fall. And not of everybody wants to marry somebody in a, in a bootleg seersucker suit and go home to that. I don't want to go home to that. You don't have to go home to me. Go home to a hunk. <laughs> oh, gosh. Jesus. Oh boy. <laughs> like I said, I'm not. I'm not saying I agree oh, with, you know, gosh. the way the guy talks, and uh, he certainly has some stuff he said that's, you know, pretty out there, but that's a good example of trolling a feminist. <laughs> and it's, you know, it's a good conversation to have. Yeah. It's a great conversation to have. I think um, feminist ideas have been, you know, part of the destruction of uh, American society. Yeah, um, and that has nothing to do with one person being better than another. It has nothing to do with one person... Um, have to you know having to dominate another. It has to do with God creating us, particularly with giftings and beautiful, special things about ourselves. There are things that my wife has and can do that I um, cannot do like her, and I think that that's wonderful. I think that makes her special and amazing. And I wouldn't want to rob her that, of that gift by saying, "Well, I could do it exactly like you." And I, you know, the kids don't need you because we're exactly the same. When we're not exactly the same, mm. not by any stretch of the imagination. And there are things that I can do, and gifts that I have as a man, and a particular calling and role that I have as a man that's not hers. And I think that that's special and amazing. And I think feminism has robbed women of their beauty, of yeah. their wonder, right. of their giftings. And I think it's robbed men of the same. And it destroys the family. It wrecks human relationships. It destroys the blueprint of society. And of course, you cannot, you will not see one of these women who puts on the costume of Christianity um, in a debate, in a meaningful public debate with somebody who knows the Bible. Um, you know, just recently, again, if you guys look in Dr. White's thread uh, over the last uh, week and a half or so on the dividing line and other things that he's posted, you'll see just some of the insane claims made uh, by some of these women mm -hmm. who have come after summer. Um, it's just insane. The claims are insane. They're um, not logical. They're not biblical. And, of course, there's a wrecking of biblical languages. There are claims made that are just simply not true. And the moment you point it out, you're a hate monger. You're destroying women. You're a cultist. 
those sorts of things. And you know, here's the thing, like I said, those kind of things are tired and old. They may they may work in your circles, people who are merely an echo chamber to you and just listen to what you say and you guys are just repeating the same thing to one another. But for those who care about truth and actually want to get to the bottom of things, not impressive. So, hey, how are you guys doing, by the way? That's Luke Pearson over say, there. You have not done anything. I haven't even introduced this. That's no, Luke over there. He's a bear. Say hi to him. Hi. Say hi to him. Every feminist hey, nightmare. Bear. Thanks. Every feminist nightmare when Luke the bear Pearson walks into a room. Huge man. Huge man. Looks like beard. Massive. He's just a, he's just a blob of man. He is a, a mountain of man. I like I like mountain better. He looks okay. Sorry, a blob is kind of like it's kind of offensive. <laughs> sorry, he's a blob of man. I'm sorry. I got to apologize to you for blob. that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. That's <Dad> <laughs> true. I resemble that remark. He's a mountain of man. Looks like he should be driving a truck or something, hauling something, carrying something large. Okay. And over there, that's Austin. Greetings. Hey, how you doing? He has a beard. It so looks like a wonderful man. Mm. Just not like you can carry as much as this guy no. could. No. No. Yeah. Like half a man. I don't even think I could. <laughs> okay. All right. And, uh, Dad blob. <laughs> and I also have, uh, he didn't have a microphone right now, but Hacksaw Jim Justice is here. He also looks like a man and does very manly things. He if, has drywall on his hands you, right now. As we speak, he's wearing a, a an electrician shirt right now. It's it, it's uh, He's got tattoos, a beard. He's wearing like a hunter's hat or it looks like it's he could hide, like he could hide in a, in the woods right now. He could. Is what I'm saying. Yep. Not dressed like a clown. Yeah. I get you know, he can go hunting right he now. Clown hunting. <laughs> he could go and he could go hunt for food for his family right now and it would it would be appropriately dressed. Yes, that's true. Yeah, it is. Or for squeaky toys. Also have my son here, Sage is in the room. Don't have a microphone Clown right hunting. now, but he's sitting next to me right now drinking yerba mate. Um, he does not have a beard. No, he does not have a beard. He's he actually he's just shaved. He had a lot of hair coming in just the other day. Eh. Yeah, he did. Eh. I mean, it was you know, it was, eh. but eh. you know, it was there. He's getting it, a little fuzz. There. He's getting He'll a little have face. Have a little patch Adams. Patch Adams. <laughs> patch Adams. Uh, I thought I thought Marcus Pittman was in the ones and twos. I'm not sure if he's even here. He might have like taken off to take a he bathroom. Just, yeah, he wandered out. He Marcus down. He does now. He just leaves the show. He's like, yeah. oh, I got nothing to say. Come anyway, yeah. uh, so this past week, uh, we've had some uh, interesting things happen. Uh, we, of course, have had the second presidential debate between uh, Donald Trump and Hillary Clinton. And I actually, I have footage right here. I have footage from the debate right now. I'm going to play at least a little sampling to begin with. So we'll just start with this. Here we go. You're a nerd. I know you are, but what am I? You're an idiot. I know you are, but what am I? 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 Infinity. Infinity. There you go. Should have thrown that in. Yeah. So the debate was interesting. I mean, this, of course, everybody has to. You know, we have to all confess to this. This being a very, very interesting. Election season, uh, it has it has gone places. I don't think any of us imagined that it would. We've had uh, some interesting primaries moving up to this place we're at right now. Now we, of course, have the presidential debates happening. Of course, the vice presidential debate has happened. And so we're going to play some of those clips right now. So I think, you know, I'm not sure how long the show will be today, but I think it'll be a blessing to you. And we're going to play. Let's let's pick one to start with. This is this one right Can here. You play my game first. Oh, did you want to play a game? Let's I do. do that. Let's I'm do that. Already. Let's do it after just one little thing <laughs> okay. here, and we'll take a break, and we'll do we'll do all that. So, and uh, of course, after Dustin quits hitting the table and making all the noise, 
on on the table. Okay. Um, so uh, He's here fixing we go. It. Yeah. So this this um, He's hunting. This was fascinating. I was wondering after the first debate, how come Donald Trump didn't press harder on Hillary Clinton's? Um, well, she's unfit for office. I mean, the things that she has done, her history, all that stuff. I mean, she's unfit for office. Now, I know that the presidential debate should not simply be about character assassination and the mm-hmm. back and forth and the I know you are, but what am I? But I mean, it's relevant. You have a history in politics. You have a record we can look at. Now, we don't have the same uh, political record we can look at for Donald Trump, someone like him. We can't really measure. All we can do is say, well, we know his past. We know reality TV star. We know businessman. We can look at you know the things that he said in the past. We can do our best to gauge. But with someone like Hillary Clinton, we know her political process mm-hmm. and past, and we could say, okay, well, look, what about this? What about that? So I was actually kind of surprised that in the first presidential debate, Donald Trump didn't go in harder on her past. And of course, there's three debates, so maybe they planned it that way. But in this one, I have to say, what it feel, whatever you feel about Trump, okay, you have to admit, he had some mic drops that have never happened in a presidential debate before. And he had some moments where they were real clenchers. I mean, you were just, oh, I can't believe that just happened in a presidential debate. I mean, it really was. Did you watch it? Did you guys watch it? Yeah. It for, okay, you watch, did you watch it? Okay, so Luke and Dustin haven't seen it yet. Uh, we were at church. Uh, well, I, I might watch yeah. it on YouTube afterwards. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so here we go. I'm going to go ahead and play for her now. This is Donald Trump threatening to prosecute Hillary Clinton. Yes, he did in the presidential debate. I'll tell you what. I didn't think I'd say this, but I'm going to say it. And I hate to say it. But if I win, I am going to instruct my attorney general to get a special prosecutor to look into your situation. Because there has never been so many lies, so much deception, There has never been anything like it. And we're going to have a special prosecutor. When I speak, I go out and speak. The people of this country are furious. In my opinion, the people that have been long-term workers at the FBI are furious. There has never been anything like this where emails and you get a subpoena. You get a subpoena. And after getting the subpoena, you delete 33 thousand emails and then you acid wash them or bleach them as you would say a very expensive process so we're going to get a special prosecutor and we're going to look into it because you know what people have been their lives have been destroyed for doing one-fifth of what you've done that was pretty powerful Mm. you gotta admit like i said say what you want to say about trump okay that was epic i mean to say that in the presidential Mm. debate that and, and i like how he said it too it had like an eerie feel to it. He said, "We're gonna get, a, we're gonna sign a special prosecutor who's gonna look into your situation." That's scary. Yeah, that's a that's <laughs> that's a lot of goosebumps. It's like mm. I'm gonna look into your situation. It made it a little less scary because he had like a terrible case of dry mouth or something. Oh yeah, yeah. Yeah, I did talk to you. <laughs> no, you gotta he was say. eating some M&Ms or something. Yeah, yeah. You, you gotta you gotta say to uh, the, the 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 mouth movements he was making yeah. in the first debate were just they were really. I don't think he drank as much water this debate because he had to have learned from the first. One. He was he was maybe nervous. He, <laughs> he was, was down at the first one. Yeah, he was maybe he was maybe nervous. So okay, so this came right after that. We're gonna play this clip. We'll go to a commercial break. We'll be right back. But this came right after he said that. He talked about, you know, of course, special special prosecutor. And uh, this is Hillary Clinton's response. And uh, this is the mic drop of all mic drops in a presidential debate. Let me tell you what. It Uh was amazing. 
can fact check him, fact check, fact check him in real time. Last time at the first debate, we had millions of people uh, fact checking, so I expect we'll have millions more fact checking uh, because you know it is. Uh, it's just awfully good that someone with the temperament of Donald Trump is not in charge of the law in our country. Yeah, because you'd be in jail. <laughs> Secretary Clinton. <laughs> this is the best part right here. Cooper. We want to remind the audience to please not uh, talk don't, out loud. Don't, please don't, do not applaud. Uh, You're just wasting time. Please don't. And, and <laughs> Please do, don't. Uh, <laughs> remind the audience, just don't. Just, <laughs> just don't. Um, so there you go. That was wow. I mean, yeah. amazing moment. So I know, you know, like I said, so the debate really did wasn't. I don't think overly helpful. It seems to me the first thirty-five or forty minutes or so was just just a back and forth and digging into each other's past and things like that. And some of the stuff I think was relevant and could, you know rightfully be brought up in a presidential debate of course i mean did you hear how they tried to twist it like what 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 trump said to her that she'd be in jail they're all saying like it is like stalin or uh oh man oh yeah yeah it couldn't be just because you really broke the law because you actually broke the law because anybody else would be in jail for what you did right right anybody else wow Amazing. No, I didn't do what you think about. You know it's a good thing to say it's the last thing to to think about at least as we go to the break um it's amazing i mean it's kind of in some sense is it a bit encouraging, maybe, to say that like anybody can run for president in the United States of America? You've got Donald They've Trump. That. You've got Donald Trump with his history. When you know, I I've grown up with Donald Trump in my life, watching him on our news and everything else, and so I remember my parents talking about him. You know, back when I was 12, 13 years old, he's always been a part of uh, America's media. He's always been in it, and. So, you know, and then to see from where he's come from to where he's at now with his past and the things that he said about abortion and those kinds of things, you know, and now he's running as a Republican candidate. That's, I guess, can we at least say that's kind of hopeful? I mean, someone someone shoot an arrow like into the presidential campaign. Take your kid and raise him up to be a president. Shoot him into that campaign because, I mean, it's possible, right? Anybody can run for president. Hillary... Hillary Clinton, yeah, my son would be a great president. He he knows our history better than Donald Trump or Hillary, I think. So, uh, and our law, uh, Hillary Clinton, um, with her past, her sketchy, sketchy past. You know all the things that she's done as a politician all these years, and now she's running for office, and she's still a candidate. Uh, it's it's amazing. Mm-hmm. And you know, here's the thing: like the debate went the way that it did because of both of them, because of their pasts. Because of who they are, because of the things they've done, that the stuff becomes relevant for a presidential debate. You know, you can't even just talk about just the issues because the, you have a whole history with the two of them and it comes up and it has to get addressed. So there you go. All right, guys. So we'll be right back more with Apologia Radio. Of course, you get us at apologiaradio.com. Let somebody know about Apologia Radio. Share the episode. Go check out Sheologians as well. Let's see if we can pop uh, Joel Osteen out of that number one spot. Right? Am I right? Yep. You're right. Or am I right? You, you are right. You are right. One thing I will say is the feminist uh, movement coming after Sheologians only helped. You can come after us. Yeah, yep. that, after that this was, episode. That was, Thanks, please. that was God's providence right yeah. there. God's providence. God uses stupidity for his own good. God yeah. sometimes speaks out of the mouth of an ass. <laughs> no, really, it's in the Bible. Okay. <laughs> 
21 years and counting, New St. Andrews College has sought to obey Christ's great commission to disciple nations and build him a house, not just in Jerusalem, but throughout the world. Not with stones and mortar, but with living stones. We build and fight. This is the task of a Christian liberal arts college, to equip students with the tools to build and fight. And this is our joyful task as we seek to graduate leaders who shape culture through wise and victorious living. To learn more, check us out online at nsa.edu. Hi, I'm Les. And I'm Tanner. And we're the hosts of the Reformed Pubcast. A weekly podcast where two friends get together and talk about the things that they love. It's like all those times you talked about theology over a pint of beer with your friends, but we're just dumb enough to record it. It's the theology of Calvin and the thirst of Luther. Join in on the conversation by subscribing on iTunes or your favorite podcast catcher. It's the Reformed Pubcast. Ladies and gentlemen, beauties and beasts, I have some good news for you. But in order for me to tell you the good news, I must share with you the bad. A beard can be a most magnificent thing, but it can also be the downfall of a man. An unmaintained beard prevents a face from shining. An unmaintained beard causes dry, itchy skin. An unmaintained beard is a source of beardruff. You know, like dandruff, but beardruff. An unmaintained beard is sharp and ruthless, like iron bristles, not good for the lady friend. An unmaintained beard forfeits future growth based on the lack of preparation today. And let's not forget that an unmaintained beard robs your face from smelling amazing let not thy beard be thy downfall protect your manlyhood an epic combination of manliness and manhood if you're hearing this today there is hope for your beard go to youcosbeard.com and enter the code apologia and you can save some money while you save your face Whoever loves discipline loves knowledge, but he who hates reproof is stupid. Proverbs 12.1 For any of you that thought perhaps it was unbiblical to use that word. It's not. Sometimes it's appropriate. Not always appropriate. Hmm? There's... Are you okay, Marcus? <laughs> good. Okay, good. <laughs> oh, dear. Oh, wow. There are different speeds for the sidewalk, for the school zone, for the highway. Sometimes you drive different speeds. And I'm just saying going against feminism is usually like the 75, 75 mile per hour. No, it's more like the Audubon. <laughs> yeah. Minimal restrictions just so you don't hurt yourself. <laughs> Seatbelt optional. Is it Autobahn or Autobahn? Bon. bon. Okay. Bon. <laughs> bon. Okay. Autobahn. All right. Uh, Luke, uh, I, I give it to you, sir. Okay. Before, before we go into uh, talking about uh, the abortion stuff and the debates and other things, sir, I leave it to you. Okay. Since we're uh, having such a manly show today. Uh, this is what I, happens when Joy's gone. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, I was inspired today. We don't have a buffer. <laughs> Dustin and I were having a very uh, romantic conversation today. Um, and we were using the word bro and, you know, s- s- slipping it into words, you know, using it in a way that was creative. So I was inspired to come up with a, a, sh- a game called Brolific. Brolific. So an example would be Marcus, uh, your grammar 
usage is brolific. Mm. Okay, so we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna insert this word bro as many uh, creative places as we can. I'm gonna keep track of score actually. Okay, here. well that was a brotastic. Who are you? That Who was are a brotastic example to win. <laughs> that was a brotastic example. Uh, I think Luke will hear that if you get a correct answer. Wow, what did you say? I said, who are you projecting to win? Me, because I already have an entire sheet, but I'll give you each a point That's for cheap. for well. Uh, no, he's been no, prepared I already for gave this. you. I I, I try to give everybody a heads up so you can be thinking about it. Well, you have a a, a brundiful uh, personality. <laughs> that doesn't work because it's, it's Br- not brundiful. <laughs> that doesn't work. Dang it! How can you get but, to hey, determine? Well, You're playing too. Here's the thing. Okay, I'll I'll, I'll start. Ding. I'll start. Okay. So hey, uh, Broseph Smith, when do we head to the temple next? <laughs> he uh, gives himself one. Yeah, he gets a ding. <laughs> He's not letting. Okay, ding, I win. So I have a whole sheet, so I'm gonna keep coming if you no, don't. That's not fair. You see, that's the thing is, you throw this on us now, but you prepared. You look at you even have. Hey. So you took notes. Oh, no. No, we have to beat him. We have to <laughs> wait. We, wait, wait, wait. Is it is it us three versus you then? It's just whoever. It's a free fall. Have you seen the movie Prometheus? Give me my nailed it. He said, yeah. Yeah. "You're not even on the sheet because you came in late." Harambro lives. <laughs> All right, Marcus, look at the two. Donald, okay. Donald Trump is very broastful. Nice. Nice. Broastful. Yeah. Good job. Oh, I'm not he, any he good gets, at this right he gets now. Hillary Clinton up on stage and he just broasts her. Nice. <laughs> Keep it coming, Austin. Awesome. Okay. Donald Trump has a great bro pay. Broke ah. No, that doesn't work. That doesn't work. I like that, Marcus. I think that's <laughs> one of hey, It's like nah, a, that doesn't give work. Him a ding. It's a two, two pay for bros. Give him a ding. It's a two no. pay for bros. Only acceptable. Give him a brophy. Give him a brophy. Got him. Okay. Hey, but does brophy count? Yeah, I give him a brophy. I just gave it to him. No, no, no. <laughs> yeah, I, I, oh, give, yeah, I give you one. I no, give you. Oh, you need the ding. Okay. <laughs> now listen. I was gonna tell you. You know how it rains a lot in the winter at the temple. Yes. If it rains this year, I'll I'll let you uh, share my umbrella. Ella. Ella. Hey. Umbrella. Hey. Umbrella. Hey. Yeah. Come on. Um, that one doesn't even work. Yeah, it does. No. Umbrella, maybe. No, it works. You. Yeah. believe. <sighs> What well, did you it, say? Uh, it, I said brosibly, it works. If, if, if we're out, out there and a bunch of <laughs> young Mormon missionaries come up to us and try to hand us a book of Broman, I'm going to be upset. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say Bromans. Uh, so Bromans. Hey, no, good. no, I get it. I need that ding. Um, yeah. Did, did uh, hey, uh, Russell Bro, did you see the nice guys? Nailed it. Nailed it. <laughs> Russell Bro. Russell Bro. Nice job. That's uh, good. Oh, That's from that movie, The, the Brodiator. No. <laughs> the Brodiator. Brodiator. Can I ask what the standard is here? It has to be creative and work. You can't just throw bro into a word that doesn't sound... Like, you know, like, I'm upset. I didn't get my, uh, my, my protein shake today because my powder didn't come in time. That was actually pretty good. That was pretty decent. But that's not fair, yeah. though. He, he actually had a whole list there prepared ahead of time. He's been thinking about it all day. Yeah. Not all day. <sighs> okay. Hmm. Um, I'll, I'll keep going. Well, have you guys finished that book by uh, Bro Boot? Bro Boot? Nice. <laughs> Oh, Joseph well Boots. Played, Austin. But that's like such an inside no, joke. He, Most people you, don't know. That's good. That's you good. said Bro Brute. I said yeah. Bro Boot. That's good. Oh, okay. Yeah, that's, Joe, no, Joe Boot. Joe Boot's the bomb, and he wrote a new book. And Bro Boot, I, I love He's it. He's our bro. It works for me. Okay, that's good. You ready? I got I got one that's oh, gonna rock okay, it. I know you have this like ten right now. <laughs> well, I was thinking we should write a book um, about this. This what we're doing right now. This could be the brologue, 
and the book could be called oh, man. The Brolagomena. That was bro fresh, bro, bro fresh and bro <laughs> clean. This is all... What about what about that book Even Eden? I get, two. I get well, two on that one. What, what about that book Even Eden or Even Exile by Rebroka Merkel? No, stop. Stop. <laughs> you gotta draw a line somewhere. Well, you, were, no, you, were, you were bro close. This is not even a bro. Well, he what, was bro well, close. But did I, now they have now they have to be in the context of uh, a man? Well, hey, okay, well, so that's the whole Robroca? point. Robroca? No, uh, Robroca? I mean, Robroca. for reals. Like Rebecca, but it's M&Ms. with a bro. There's not even Robroca. an O in that word. <laughs> Abracadabra. Well, okay, so what? M&M's gone n- nice pass, bro, Montana. <laughs> I don't. I don't agree with that one. I don't like that. What about the NSA Academy with Mitch Brokes? There you go. There that you one's go, good. Marcus. Okay. There, there you go. go. You got it. You got so, it. Okay. So if the counter to our position is feminism, is this an episode on Bromanism? Bromanism. Bromanism. Uh, That's good. I'll give it to you. Right? Okay. I like that. That's actually what we're going to title Let's, this episode. Okay. Bromanism. Bromanism. Oh my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> Bromanism. When in Brome. <laughs> 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 hey, you're getting do, it. You're do, getting you know, it. do you know what song this is we're listening to? I don't. It's Ready Steady Bro. Nice. You got it. I'm really excited for Ford when they come out with their new Ford Bro Co's. <laughs> bro Co's. <laughs> already there. I'll give it to you. <laughs> that works. All right, um, how are we doing? But for we're, real, we're doing though. good. I have one. I have one more. Okay. So I was yep. just gonna say that uh, is is if I didn't know any better, I would say that. Uh, we're communists for all the free uh, media that we give out to people. Yeah. So, I mean, I was going to start calling Marcus Bros of Stalin. Bros <laughs> <laughs> of Sound Stalin. like you're from San Ambronio. <laughs> San Ambronio? Okay, I'll give it to you. I had to think about that one. San I had to think about it. Okay, all right. So, how, okay, let's, what's the score? Um, it's actually much closer than you would think. If huh. we didn't give out all of our stuff for free, everybody would be broke. <laughs> with that one, Austin and I are tied at seven. See, you have Jeff five. Okay. Dustin has, I don't know how many. You have three or four. You, yeah, you. Marcus you has three. three mom. Did you Did you find that by looking at your broats? See, now you have six. So we're, we're you got it. We should do this again. And this you, is a good trial run, but you, you, you did you know, a great job with your writing brotensel. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, give it to me. You got it. You got it. I don't think this whole show needs to be totally romantic, but we can talk about... I already said romantic, so no, no, I ain't done. He's like, I got I'm more. I'm just making sure in. We can talk like Romeo and Juliet type stuff. <laughs> See, you got it. You all got it. An eye roll from Austin. That was, <laughs> that was way better than a ding. Weak sauce. So, anyways. Oh, come on. Okay. Uh, M&M's, I'm tired. Not bad. So, yeah, total, total score. Um, so, me, you, and Austin are tied at seven. Right on. Marcus has three. Is that which a, I'm uh, impressed by, actually. <laughs> oh, you didn't give me as many as I, 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 I deserve. Well, that's because many of yours <laughs> didn't count. Jeff is, yeah. Jeff, is that a necklace or a brooch? <laughs> <laughs> oh, wow, that's messed up. You did a good job, Austin. You right? just took the lead. I like you. Yeah, I know you could do it. Okay, we'll we'll continue Fresh the game throughout the episode. We'll, we'll just continue. It... I have it ready, and then if okay. you think of one, I will give you a point. Okay. Hey, hey Marcus, you. can you turn up my mic? I can't hear myself very well. My bro buds. <laughs> my bro, bro buds. buds. Bro buds. I don't bro know buds? about that. My bro no. buds. But for real. 
Your head browns. I don't know about His that head one. Browns. <laughs> head browns. <laughs> browns. No, that one works. Head browns. Head browns. <laughs> Thanks. Okay, that Bro one works. works. So here All we right. go. I get half credit. Let's get right back into it. You still get half a point. All right, so a lot of things came up uh, in the uh, debate. We talked about some of the mic drops. Uh, this was a moment that was uncomfortable. If you watched it, you probably felt just like me. Uh, was uh, squir- I was uh, squirming uh, because it was about Bill Clinton being abusive to women. If you guys know, we're not going to play it on this show. Uh, there was audio released uh, about two days before the debate, and it was old audio from 2005 of Bill Clinton on a uh, Access Hollywood uh, tour bus. And um, we're not going to play the clip. We're not going to play the clip. It's just locker room talk, Jeff. Uh, yeah, <laughs> so, it's just like uh, everybody talks like he that. was professing right. a lot of stuff <laughs> yeah. we don't want to talk about. <laughs> 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 I'm sorry. So um, he talked. He talked about a, a lot of things uh, that he didn't know Mike was on, and so that recording was released. I don't think it was by accident. Released two days before that debate, and so it created a lot of problems. A lot of people were leaving his campaign as a result. His support for the campaign as a result of it. So this was this debate took place right on the heels of that, and uh, so that of course came up in the debate. And I would I was talking to Austin before. The episode today, and I was saying, I, look, I thought I would think that Hillary Clinton's advisors would have told her to stay far away from that. Don't touch that subject with a ten-foot pole, because knowing Bill Clinton's past, mm-hmm. the court cases, yeah, um, yeah, for sure, all those things. So here's what was absolutely incredible: Donald Trump actually had four front-row seats reserved, three. For women who were affected in some way, um, have some claim to sexual assault from Bill Clinton. Three women were up front who have been in it with Bill Clinton over some some form of uh, sexual perversion. Mm. And then another woman was there who was actually once a 12-year-old girl who was raped. And Hillary Clinton uh, defended uh, the rapist and got him off on a technicality. Uh, Mm. And there's audio of her actually laughing about it. And Mm -hmm. so in the front row is four women, victims of sexual assault in some way. And they're in the front row. And uh, Hillary Clinton went there. She like she went into the discussion about uh, Donald Trump's, quote, locker room talk. And I would have thought that they would have said, do not even touch it. Yeah, she did touch it with a 10 foot brawl. Yep, she (laughs) she did. (laughs) Brawl. That's crazy that nobody uh, warned her. Like, he's got something set. There's a trap (laughs) right in the front row. Right. Don't touch it. He's got four people in the front row. (laughs) (laughs) Um, This isn't going to get bad. People are going to get worn out in this episode. So anyway, it happened, and you need to hear the discussion that took place around it. Here we go. So. Uh, I'm not proud of it. I am a person who has great respect for people, for my family, for the people of this country, and certainly I'm not proud of it. But that was something that uh, happened. If you look at uh, Bill Clinton, far worse, minor words, and his was action. His was what he's done to women. There's never been anybody in the history of politics in this nation that's been so abusive to women. So you can say any way you want to say it, but Bill Clinton was abusive to women. Hillary Clinton attacked those same women and attacked them viciously. Four of them are here tonight. One of the women who is a wonderful woman at 12 years old, was raped 
at 12. Her client, she represented, got him off, and she's seen laughing on two separate occasions, laughing at the girl who was raped. Kathy Shelton, that young woman, is here with us tonight. So don't tell me about words. I am absolutely, I apologize for those words. But it is things that people say. But what President Clinton did, he was impeached. He lost his license to practice law. He had to pay an $850,000 fine to one of the women, Paula Jones, who's also here tonight. And I will tell you that when Hillary brings up a point like that, and she talks about words that I said 11 years ago, I think it's disgraceful, and I think she should be ashamed of herself, if you want to know the truth. Can we please hold the applause? <laughs> Secretary don't, Clinton, don't, you have two minutes. Don't. Well, first, let me start by saying that so much of what he's just said is not right, but he gets to run his campaign any way he chooses. He gets to decide what he wants to talk about. Instead of answering people's questions, talking about our agenda, laying out the plans that we have that we think can make uh, a better life and a better country, that's his choice. When I hear something like that, I am reminded of what my friend Michelle Obama advised us all. When they go low, you go high. And, and we have to say no, no uh, two, two things. Number one, what hypocrisy. Yeah. Right. Because right before that, you were engaged in a discussion about his statements that he had made. Mm-hmm. So in the end, okay, look, I'm just saying it, it's hypocrisy. It's back and forth hypocrisy. They both have, you know, these uh, spotted pasts mm-hmm. and they're having an answer for them now. And, yeah. and there, there's the moment where you do. Now, I have to say, I want to I give some grace here. Look, I think Hillary Clinton is a wicked woman. I think she is going to be held accountable by God uh, for mm-hmm. the murders of, of children that she's helped mm-hmm. uh, to take place. So she will be held to account for that. I think she is a treacherous uh, woman politician, and the things that she advocates for are just simply straight-out sin. I still want to love her. Uh, I have prayed for her, and uh, God calls us to pray for those who are in authority like this. And um, I, I felt bad for her in this moment. When, when I, I did. I, in this moment, there was for some reason, this is CNN's feed. I think it was ABC's feed, or, M- or NBC's feed. Uh, in that moment where he's talking about Clinton uh, and the sexual assault, the camera went to Clinton's face for about five to ten seconds. I mean, he's just mm. sitting there, looking like a whip puppy. <laughs> um, but I felt bad for her because she, of course, we don't know the details of their situation. But I do remember growing up, and I remember the whole situation of Monica Lewinsky, mm-hmm. and I remember yeah. the, what took place. I was following all of that. Many of us were. Um, and so she's still the victim of his adultery, whatever the circumstances are. And in this case, you've got his history of being a sexual predator in the past that she is now having to endure on stage before millions of mm. people. I felt, I honestly, I felt bad for her there. Mm. I felt like, oh, I felt awful for it. You know, I mean, she's an awful, awful um, representation of uh, justice in a nation and those sorts of things. But I just felt bad for her because, you know, there she is. What can she say? What can she uh, say back to that? Right. Not a thing. Obviously, she didn't say anything. Not a thing. Anybody, I mean, anything she else? She attacked them, though. Yeah. Oh, yeah. In the past, she's attacked them. So. Yeah. yeah. No, that, that's what I'm saying. I'm, I, I, I felt, I felt, Bad to an extent because 
of course, I know who she is. And like I said, I don't know the full situation of her involvement. But in that moment, you've got the the um, actions of her husband that have led to her now being on stage before millions, having to just sit and endure all that. Mm-hmm. Uh, again, like I said, my I, I use those words very carefully. I'm not aware of their full situation in terms of like what <laughs> yeah. she is actually involved with there. Uh, but, you know, that was a moment. It's like, well, you know. You got to deal with it. It's in a public uh, presidential debate. So any anything else you guys want to add to that? Well, I just think it's crazy that if you look at like Rush Limbaugh, for example, who got famous, really famous, Rush Limbaugh started conservative talk radio defending uh, the sanctity of marriage in the Oval Office. Mm. That's what he got. Like he was that that was the thing that made him a billionaire mm. was Clinton's affair. And him coming out against that and saying that it's not acceptable for a president to do those sort of things. And now he's defending Trump for the exact same thing. Mm. It's it's mm. flipped on its head. It's insane. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Next. Uh, next topic that came up that I think is relevant and it's good for us to talk about is uh, the discussion about Russia. Now, this is actually something I'm actually I'm pretty I'm pretty passionate about right now. Um, I grew up, many of you, like me, grew up in the midst of, or at the tail end of the Cold War era, Mm -hmm. and uh, we watched the wall fall on television. You know, Reagan was my president um, for a particular time. And and let me just tell you how how much it impacts me. I lived in Holland. um, Isn't that weird? weird? I lived in Holland between (laughs) when I was four till I was eight, I think it was. And let me tell you, I lived off base um, uh, outside of a place called Schusterberg. And I remember going to the school bus. And there were times that I can remember where there were hostilities uh, between us um, during this time. And I remember military police being at my bus stop with their machine guns. Uh, pretty serious stuff. Mm. Like I, I remember distinctly conversations where my dad was in the military at the time we were in Europe and things were not going so well and I remember conflict and I remember there were moments of fear like my dad might have to go to war and you know you just you just hear certain things being a military brat that you know maybe you wouldn't hear on the mainland um, fears uh, questions about whether somebody would be launched to battle those kinds of things me going to the school bus stop with uh, MPs with machine guns you know that that was part of my experience so with that, like when Chernobyl blew, um, I was in a place where we actually, um, it affected our, our weather and our environment. Oh, wow. Like I mm. remember when it blew, we were having to run inside. Uh, the community was running indoors. It was like, it was, a, I vividly remember that. So, you know, that's fresh in my mind. So now we're in a situation where, you know, we, we got out of this Cold War era and then we get into a place where we're, you know, we're pretty decent with Russia. And now we're actually having conversations about conflict with Russia in terms of like military force. Those are real conversations that are taking place. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, like just, uh, was it a week ago? Um, Russia did this massive like uh, drill, uh, prepara- yep. preparedness drill where they evacuated like, I think, you know, it was millions and millions of people just as, um, just as practice. <laughs> Those are things that, you know, happened during the cold war era. We did that. They did that. Um, now, of course, listen, no hysteria here. No, I'm not making any claims. It's just, it's a conversation to have. The next person in office has to handle this with kit gloves because we don't want to go to war with a superpower like mm, Russia. Mm. They, they, that's, look, look, us fighting a country like Russia, 
is not us fighting against ISIS. Yeah, right. ISIS ain't got no airplanes up in the air. No. They ain't no fighter jets coming against us. You know, they don't have missiles to launch at us like Mm -hmm. (laughs) Russia. I mean, that's that's a serious conflict. And and our relationship with them right now is not so good. And you also got to think about the fact that Russia right now is in an interesting place. Like, they fight against gay marriage. Uh, Sage was telling me today they just shut down two of the most famous porn sites in the world. They shut them down. Oh, wow. um, In Russia. So you can't access uh, just, you know, there's, it's interesting when you think about their military, our military, I mean, I can show you pictures of our military right now, men wearing dresses right. who yeah. are officers and you look at Russia's military, you look at our military and you think about a woman leading our nation, a grandmother leading our nation. And you look at mili- the military over in Russia and you got these men with beards and these big Russian coats and like, mm-hmm. these are, these are men, <laughs> you know, it's just a terrifying thing to think about, you know, and you think about the fact that our nation is obviously under God's judgment right now. And you think of how long, much longer can we go killing a million innocent babies a year and the nasty, just awful, terrible things that we're doing in the world. So conflict with Russia, it's kind of a big deal. You know, people have to handle that carefully. Uh, and Hillary Clinton seems sort of like, you know, chest puffed kind of, you know, we'll take military action. We'll fight. It's like against Russia. Yeah. Well, can we be friends? Like, can we do this in a way that's peaceful? And the conflict happens because of our stuff happening in Syria. So what's up? Hey, uh, Austin, how do you feel about Syria? What's happening over in Syria right now? Like, you want to fight? You want to go to war? You want a bomb dropped on your family? Because of Syria. No. Syria? Are you serious? <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> he said, oh, no. Now, here's my point. When you have an unbiblical foreign policy where... You don't actually use the Bible to formula, <clears throat> formulate your um, foreign policy about how you get into fights. Mm. You get yourselves into lots of trouble. You right. get yourselves into lots of trouble with big players. So you take, for example, the beginning of our nation. Well, not the beginning of our nation. Let's say that the war for independence. That story is so fantastic. The story about what took place when the, the shot heard around the world. Paul Revere... And his mm-hmm. night ride, mm-hmm. you know, he's going to the house of this pastor. He knows Sam Adams is there because this guy disciples them. They have a house. They have a room for these guys in his house. Paul Revere comes. The British are coming. The British are coming. He's going directly to this pastor's house because, you know, this pastor disciples these men. And he shows up. He lets them know that, you know, the, the British are coming. And then they go where? They go to town and they go to that, the church. And they ring the church bell calling all the men in that town into, the, into this church and, and it's this pastor who's like leading this thing. Mm-hmm. This pastor's like, it's time to fight now. And they get out there to face the British, right? And there's a big controversy about this whole situation. Shot heard around the world and everything else. But they get out there and the pastor commands his congregation. He commands them not to fire a shot until fired at first. Because God will not bless an offensive battle. Mm-hmm. Mm. And so that was like a biblical foreign policy. Mm. And men, Christian men, died that day and lost their lives because this pastor said, you have to fight a defensive war. And Mm. we did fight a defensive war, and we won. Now, we're in a situation now, we don't use the Bible as our God. Jesus Christ isn't uh, Lord over this nation in the minds of people who are leading it right now. Psalm chapter 2, the warning is, obey the Son or you'll perish. God has given the nations to His Son, so we need to be well aware of that. 
But now we have like a foreign policy where we're like, let's just get ourselves embroiled into every conflict around the world. You know, we'll be the world's police. Here's the thing. uh, We're Christians. We don't want to see people die. We don't want to see people oppressed. But goodness gracious, let's not go to war (laughs) with a superpower. Mm. And so this was actually a big big discussion in the debate. Um, If you saw it, you know that Russia came up. And it's just something to think about. Again, no hysteria here. No no fear. I remember uh, reading a book. I think it was like sermons from the Revolutionary War or something like that. And it was just a bunch of sermons that pastors were preaching during that time. And one sermon was really like it was really like it really made me like think. And I ever I remembered it during this hearing about the Russian news. But the pastor was preaching to his congregation, and he was begging like his congregation to repent and be right before God before they step out on that battlefield. And cause, and he was saying, look, if we go out on that battlefield and we're not right with God, like this war is our judgment. We deserve the British. Yeah. And, and so when I think about like us going to war with anybody, I'm like, this is not the time yeah. <laughs> in our nation when no we want to go to war. No doubt. <laughs> like, it's not going, to, I don't think God would bless us in that war. That is, no. you said it, Marcus, that's the point I was getting at. Mm. Yeah. You know, when I brought up men in dresses, yeah. our military is men in dresses. You know, people are joining the military and they can mutilate their bodies and cut off their genitalia and put on a woman's dress. What do you think a foreign superpower like Russia thinks about our military when we have mm. our men wearing dresses? And we've also lowered the standards to be soldiers. Right. So it's like it's like standards for cops. Right. Like cops aren't all fit, obviously. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's that's why it's a joke. Mm. You they get a lot of bronuts. You get <laughs> oh, ding. Yeah, you get a lot of bronuts. <laughs> Because there, there's, there's no standard. There's no reason for them to keep fit for whatever reason. The military does the same thing. Uh, yeah, you look at pictures of like the China army all standing out there in a line. They all look like physically identical, mm-hmm. like just a bunch of ninjas out there. Mm-hmm. Same thing with Russia. And then you look at Russia. Russia is a, a world superpower. <laughs> <laughs> they demand obedience. <laughs> I'm hungry for a broiler sausage. <laughs> okay, here we go. Here you go. This is this is them talking about Russia. It's it's good to talk about. We have never in the history of our country been in a situation where an adversary, a foreign power, is working so hard to influence the outcome of the election. And believe me. They're not doing it to get me elected. They're doing it to try to influence the election for Donald Trump. Now, maybe because... Maybe because they also don't want to go to war. Yeah, they want to make peace. Maybe because they don't want to go to war. Mm-hmm. Now, I'm, you, know, you guys know how I feel about Trump. But maybe they don't want to fight. Maybe they also think about, yeah, I don't want my children to die. Yeah. Maybe they think that you're the kind of person that would actually start a fight with them. Mm-hmm. That they'd have to respond to. Yeah, well, I, I don't believe. I don't believe for a second that the email leaks and stuff were from Russia. Yeah. No, I don't believe that at all. They were. No. They the they there were so, several people within the campaign that have been shown to actually be the one who released those emails. Ah. And it scares me actually even more that she's blaming Russia for this. Right. Like giving a Wagon reason. Like it's like she wants to yeah. go to war with Russia. It's yeah. Weird. Change, change people's attention. Wag, yeah. wag the dog. As praised Putin, maybe because he 
says he agrees with a lot of what Putin wants to do, maybe because he wants to do business in Moscow. I don't know the reasons. He might respect him. (laughs) 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 I mean, I'm just going to throw that out there. (laughs) See, this is the difference between maybe a woman who's emotional leading and a a man who recognizes. No, no, no. No, I'm serious. No, think about it for a second. Think about it for a second. A man, a woman who might be leading in a, in a way, not thinking through things and men Mm. who we've been in conflict with other men. You realize when you need to calm yourself down, when you need to try to make peace, how you can avoid conflict because you don't want to take a punch. Right. You know, maybe men learn how to sort of act like men mm-hmm. and say, okay, look, we, we realize we're about to drop some bombs on each other and we yeah. could, we're going to walk away with some broken bits. And yeah. maybe we should try to work this out another way and I'll respect you, you respect me. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's how guys have always done it too. Like, get into a fight or whatever and it's done. Whatever that issue was, it's over. But women, they're no longer friends, like no longer friends at all. Like, I deleted your phone number. It's done and over. You don't exist. Yeah. If I could, I'd kill you. Yeah, I took you off of Facebook. <laughs> I blocked you on Facebook. Um, I, I it's owe, over. I owe you this, by the way. Why? Because I said... Uh, broken bits. Broken bits, yeah. Broken Lovely. bits. Okay, Here we go. But we deserve answers. And we should demand that Donald release all of his tax returns so that people can see what are the entanglements and the financial relationship to get to that later that he has secretary clinton and you're out of time wait, I think I wait because i don't know putin didn't didn't she just say i'm gonna rise above mm-hmm. oh okay mm. oh maybe yeah. I, I thought i misheard that i think it would be great if we get along with russia why is trump russia. sounding like the same person here <laughs> that's really scary <laughs> I think it would be great know, if we was... got along with Russia. Is, is that so hard? I think it's a cool idea. <laughs> I think that's a great idea. With, with each other. Want more friends. <laughs> I think it'd be great if we got along with Russia. I'm like, yeah, that'd be uh, good. I, I agree. That'd be, a, that'd be a great idea. Yeah. <laughs> uh, oh like I said, it's not the same thing. I mean, you know, we, we went into, when I was a kid, we went into Kuwait. We, you know, Storm and Norman. We went into, you know, we, mm. we did all this. Storm but, let's, Roman. but let's be honest. No, that doesn't we work. had we no. had air superiority in those fights. Was it because you guys could fire projectiles? Projectiles. <laughs> <laughs> no, I know, and really, I mean, think about it in terms of like proper mindset for war. You talk about starting a fight with a country like Russia when we're under na- in national sin right now right. against a country that is equal to you in military strength. Mm. I mean, come on. Yeah. I, I mean, come on, Donald Trump. I, I think we should be friends with Russia. Yeah. <laughs> I think we should get along with Russia. <laughs> Thank you for some sanity. It was one of the best things I heard in the debate. Yeah, we should try that. <laughs> we could fight ISIS together as an example, but I don't know. Yeah, that's yeah. a grand idea. <laughs> that's fantastic. Some cockroaches with pea shooters, like, and we're versus America and Russia. Like, right. let's let's find them really quick, fast, and end mm. this. Yeah, end the murders, quick the fast. slaughters, like, yeah. Quick fast. yeah. That would be nice. <laughs> okay. A bunch of brooches with a bunch of brooches. shooters. Sorry, I'm turning that part back on. I forget we're playing the games. I don't want to go against another country that has the same amount of brosels that we do. <laughs> Bro- brosels? Missiles? Brosels. No. No. That's why I said projectiles. Projectiles. Uh, yeah. Okay, that's good. Okay, here we go. Last part. But I notice anytime anything wrong happens, they like to say the Russians, the Russians, she doesn't know if it's the Russians doing the hacking. Maybe there is no hacking, 
But they always blame Russia. And the reason they blame Russia, because they think they're trying to tarnish me with Russia. I know nothing about Russia. I know, I know about Russia, but I know nothing about the inner workings of Russia. I don't deal there. I have no businesses. There. I have no loans from Russia. I have a very, very great balance sheet, so great that when I did the old post office on Pennsylvania Avenue, the United States government, because of my balance sheet, which they actually know very well, chose me to do the old post office between the White House and Congress. Cho- Businessman. You know, I guess final word on this. Uh, I just don't think we should be going to pick fights with a company, uh, a country, mm. a country that has uh, equal amounts of ballistic missiles. There you go. <laughs> Thank you. Sage just gave me that one. That, I got to give him credit for oh, it. Oh, that's what he said. Oh, that's cheating. <laughs> okay. All right. So uh, anything else you guys want to say about that real fast? No. They have a lot of broder cycles too. Bro- I'm glad that that was the bros in one. <laughs> the what? He bro- okay, he bros that one. Last on his own. thing for the show today. Last point we'll talk I'm about, trying. guys. There it is. Here we go. Last thing. Let's play this piece from the vice presidential debate. Uh, there's a highlight from there: Kane versus Pence on religion and abortion. This was interesting. Uh, definitely encourage you guys to check it out just to be in the know about the difference in difference in mindset and some of the conflicts that take place in their positions. Here we go. All right. I'd like to turn to our next segment now. Uh, And in this, I'd like to focus on social issues. You have both been open about the role that faith has played in your lives. Can you discuss in detail a time when you struggled to balance your personal faith and a public policy position? Senator King. Yeah, that's an easy one for me. Senator King is with, of course, um, Hillary Clinton. Elaine, it, it's an easy one. I, I'm really fortunate. I grew up in a wonderful household with great Irish Catholic parents. My mom and dad are sitting right here. I was educated by Jesuits at Rockhurst High School. And Jesuits, Jesuits. Uh, were the specific group of Catholic priests that were organized to fight against the Reformation. Mm. He's a Jesuit. You were, you were, you were going to say? No. Said by Ignatius of Loyola. <laughs> right? Worked with Jesuit missionaries <laughs> in Honduras now nearly 35 years ago, and they were the heroes of my life. I, I, I try to practice my religion in a very devout way and follow the teachings of my church in my own personal life. But I don't believe in this nation, a First Amendment nation, where we don't raise any religion over the other, and we allow people to worship as they please, that the doctrine... Impossible. Mm. Yeah. You can't have many different ultimates in a society ultimately... Okay, mm-hmm. because an ultimate is just that ultimate mm-hmm. it has final say it's self-attesting and atheists have their ultimate uh roman catholics have their ultimate mm-hmm. mormons have their ultimate what about presbyterians more uh, presbyterians mormons mormons have their <laughs> ultimate um and so secularists of course they have their ultimates and so uh when you have a quote-unquote pluralistic society you have a society where all these different ultimates are coming into collision with one another. Okay? So when he says, when he says, thank you, when he says, um, he's trying to make a distinction between his public life and his private faith life, right? It's impossible. That's not right. a possibility no. because it's all in, in, interconnected. Your beliefs are all interconnected. They are not hodgepodge separated parts. For one thing, you can't have a basis for morality and moral claims. You can't have a basis for justice 
just all in its lonesome. When you have an atheist that appeals to standards of justice and morality, he does so inconsistently with his framework. He has to co-opt the biblical worldview in order to make his claims, to have his moral indignation. It's just like Austin Peterson. We did the, the show with Austin Peterson. Many of you guys heard that show. He's, uh, he was a libertarian candidate um, uh, for president, and uh, he is an atheistic-ish, agnostic-ish guy. Um, he says, like, you can't understand the West without understanding the Bible. He understands that he mm. gets many of these things from the Bible, and he cannot justify it. Here's a guy who has to borrow Christianity to make his stuff work. Mm. It's not coherent. He can't provide an answer for it or justification. But the point is, when you get to a collision, ultimately, in a real question about morality... Where is he going to fall? He's, is he going to start quoting the Bible? No, he's going to start appealing to things as an atheist. He's right. going to say, mm. like he does, that gay marriage is fine. He has no standard as a libertarian because he rejects the Bible. Even though he wants a biblical society and all the things that it gives to him, he has to ultimately give it up because he's an atheist and say, oh, but I want gay marriage. And I want this over there. Um, and then the same thing takes place across the board in every other religious uh, question. And so you can't have my religion over here, my faith over here, my, my public life over here, as though you can have justice and morality apart from the biblical God. That's where this man falls apart. And that's also just the, that's what just makes it so icky. That's what makes a man like this so icky, <laughs> is that he says... Well, I'm a Catholic, and so I'm a you know devout Jesuit. Catholic and Jesuit, hmm. trained by Jesuit priests, and I love my faith and everything else. He goes, but I'm not going to bring that into my private life. And it's like the story Douglas Wilson tells. He's like, he said, I'd like to see, I'd like to see the guy who runs for Congress being pulled over and on the news, right? And he's caught with a pound of cocaine in his trunk, and he's got hookers in his car. I'd like to see that guy go in his press conference the next day and say, well, ladies and gentlemen, as promised, I promise not to bring my private faith life into my public life <laughs> and not to bring my religion into politics, right? Like, that's my, you know, you'd say, that's ridiculous. You're inconsistent. I thought yeah. you were a religious person. What are you doing with a pound of cocaine and hookers? Mm -hmm. You know, I, I promise not to bring those things together, my public life, my private mm -hmm. life. I'm not going to, oh, you, oh, like, it's because you, because you can't separate it. Uh, but this man wants to do so, and he needs to do so because he knows as a Roman Catholic that the Roman Catholic Church will not have any of his support of abortion mm. or Hillary's support of abortion. And I know that there are Roman Catholics who decry this man and what he actually said. Mm. But that's the kind of inconsistency you have to live with when you um, accept the brain disease of liberalism. ...of any one religion should be mandated for everyone. For me, the hardest struggle um, in, in my faith life was um, the Catholic Church is against the death penalty, and so am I. But I was governor of a state, and the state law said that there was a death penalty for crimes if the jury determined them to be heinous. And so I had to, to grapple with that. When I was running for governor, I was attacked pretty strongly because of my position on the death penalty. But I looked the voters of Virginia in the eye and said, look, this is my religion. I'm not going to change my religious practice to get one vote, but I know how to take an oath and uphold the law. And if you elect me, I will uphold the law. So here's what I want to talk about. Interesting here, of course, um, we can see where this man, um, how he holds the Bible. A uh, mm -hmm. good thing to talk about is the Bible does say capital punishment is a, is a, is a, is right. a worthy penalty right. under the right circumstances. God says that uh, really throughout the Bible, Roman Catholic Church, Perhaps they have dogma that says otherwise. And so there you have a man who is accepting the divine tradition of his church over against the biblical standard of capital punishment. And But what I want to point to in this moment is not only the inconsistency here between this man and his private faith and his public life, but also the fact that this man is opposed to capital punishment 
Oh, yes. You see, we wouldn't want murderers and rapists to actually be punished by the state and put to death because that's just mean. <laughs> I'm opposed to capital punishment because killing another human being would just be, would just be deplorable. We don't want to kill other right. human beings. It would be the worst. It would be the worst. Ever. We wouldn't want to execute. Can't be that kind of nation. You would not want to execute human no. beings, even if they murder other human beings. You need to be opposed to that because we need to be higher. We need to rise above killing another human being, no matter what they do. And just slap their hands and ask them nicely not to kill anybody else. And you know when they do, we just slap their hands again. And uh, notice that the man uh, says he's against capital punishment for people who murder other people, but he is ultimately for a woman's right Uh to give capital punishment to her child Mm -hmm. just for any old reason. Mm -hmm. And uh, I was elected, and I did. It was very, very difficult to allow executions to go forward, but in circumstances where I didn't feel like there was a case for clemency, I told Virginia voters I would uphold the law, and I did. That was a real struggle. But I think it is really, really important that those of us who have deep faith lives don't feel like we could just substitute our own views for everybody else in society, regardless of their views. Impossible. You're always going to impose morality. Always. Somebody will always be imposing their morality. It's a question of which morality. He's going to impose. Say their morality. He's, he's going to impose liberal politics on Republicans. Thank you. That's the point. It's yeah. a fiction. It's completely a facade to say that, well, I, I, I don't want to take my faith life and impl- impose that on people and public policy. But don't you understand? Mm-hmm. That's, that's, that's a necessary conclusion to the debate. Somebody is imposing their morality. Mm-hmm. It's either going to be atheistic morality, a secularist morality, a, a, a Christian morality. Somebody's imposing a morality. What do we have imposed upon us in the United States today? Is it a Christian morality? Is it a Christian morality with abortion? Is that Christian morality? Mm-mm. No. It's not a Christian morality. It's the opposite, and it's being yeah. imposed upon us. Somebody's imposing the morality. It's a question of which morality, and somebody's imposing the dictates of their God. It's a question of which God. And so, But what I have to point to here is just how unbelievably ignorant this is. And just how illogical it is. I mean, I'm genuinely in the classic definition of those terms. Here's a man decrying capital punishment, saying, I just felt really bad that executions had to go on when, you know, but I couldn't impose my, my, my morality in that case. I just you know, can't believe executions had to go forward. Really? But you're going to actually stand alongside a candidate who actually tells women that they have a right to execute their own child? Mm-hmm. But how do those two worlds come together? How, mm-hmm. how do you make those worlds fit? And we'll pay for it. The government will pay for it. Well, he right. says, yeah. I, I think he says here he's against taxpayer funding of abortion, but there's really ultimately no way well, to get around well, that. Well, that's just the cherry on top yeah, anyway. That, that, there's, just no, there's no way ultimately to get around murder it. Murder and that's, then also that's where it goes. taxpayers are yeah. not paying for murder. So, and here, here's his running mate. This is his running mate, and this is, this is mild compared to things she said in the past, but uh, here's Hillary Clinton on abortion. ...rights or protections before it's born, or do you think that there should not be any restrictions on any abortions at any stage in a pregnancy? Well, again, let me put this in context because it's an important uh, question. Uh, Right now, uh, the Supreme Court is considering a decision uh, that would shut down... uh, a lot of the options for women in Texas, and there have been other legislatures that have taken similar steps to try to restrict a woman's right to obtain an abortion. Under Roe v. Wade, which is... Uh, start using the right mm. words. 
Restrict a woman's yeah, right, right to murder her a baby. Right. That, that a right? That's what we have to do. We have to make sure we stop letting them use right. the language that they use. And we got we to stop it. We have to actually say, no, pause. Okay, let's use the right language. You want the woman's right to murder her own baby. Let's start using the right words. Like, and we talked about mm-hmm. before, when someone says uh, reproductive rights, that mm-hmm. you need to point out, no, no, no one's against reproductive rights. We all want, every, we want everyone to have reproductive rights. We want everyone to have them, right? How do you reproduce? Right, but what we're talking about is this is a person who already has reproduced. Her right mm-hmm. wasn't taken away. She already yeah. did. It's already re- reproduction has taken place, mm-hmm. right? So she's already done that. We're talking about what she wants to do to what she has reproduced. We're talking about that. We're talking about what she wants to do with that baby. And that's murder the baby. That's take the baby's head off, cut its arms and legs off, disembowel that baby, and then take them and put them back together on a tray to make sure we didn't leave any pieces inside the mom. That's what we're talking mm-hmm. about. And, of course, Hillary Clinton is for what people have termed late-term abortions. She doesn't want really any ultimate restrictions on abortion. She wants uh, mothers to be able to murder their babies. That's it. Did, didn't I hear she wanted to push it to 36 weeks now? You might have. Um, I, I wouldn't, wouldn't, it wouldn't surprise me um, knowing this woman's worldview and what she says. She actually says, you guys have probably heard, we played it on the, on the show before, where she said that uh, babies do not have constitutional rights. Yeah. Then they don't have them because in her mind they should be killed if the they woman, can't vote for her. So wills it, yes. Rooted in the Constitution, women have this right to make this highly personal decision. No, no, not rooted in the Constitution. Where? No. Where? Ba- we have, what about the baby's rights? Yeah, no, no, not rooted. And they say this, it's rooted in the Constitution. No. No. It nowhere says no. in the Constitution that a woman has a right to murder her baby. Yeah. That is not in our Constitution. No, neither is health care. Nothing like, even like that. None of this. So it's bunch of fascinating to see a woman like this. They ha- Listen, Christian, they have, they have learned to use the right language against you. They have learned how to speak about this publicly to create a diversion to what is taking place, what's happening all around us. Mm-hmm. What Christians have to do is just start speaking the truth. Don't let it happen. Don't call it reproductive rights. Don't let that happen. Don't call it abortion. Call it murder. Call it the right to kill a baby. That's what you're fighting for. And don't say it's constitutional. Don't say Roe v. Wade is a law. Courts don't make laws. That's not how our country works. Amen. Courts don't mm-hmm. make laws. Their family, in accordance with their faith, with their doctor... It's not much of a right if it is totally limited and constrained. So I think we've got to continue. What? Um, we've like got gun to control? continue to stand up. Exactly. <laughs> Bazinga. Like, that was good. Like, like universal health care? Yeah. That was good. Yeah. Say that again, Marcus, that solid. so that everyone heard okay, it. Okay, I said like gun control. Like gun. It's not much of a right. right if there's restrictions. Yep. Well. That's fantastic. Someone mean that right now. <laughs> Like gun control. I can't. Could you imagine, real quick? Could could you imagine somebody with just an ounce of like logic and consistency being at a presidential debate? (laughs) Like Ron Paul? (laughs) (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Like when when they asked him at the debate, so you want the tax rate to be zero? He said, yes, zero. (laughs) 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 Yeah, that's right. It was like it was zero in 1913. Mm hmm. We ran our country without that. Yep. Yeah. Decisions and to defend Planned Parenthood, which does an enormous amount of good work across our country. Yeah, good work. There's no without without any exceptions. No, you know I don't they, stop applauding they, now. Such they, a good although, Christian woman. They, although they know that people who do such things right. deserve to die, they not only do them but applaud. But they applaud. <laughs> That's what that is right there.
been on record um, in favor of um, a late pregnancy regulation uh, that would have exceptions for the life and health of the mother. I and that means... Who knows? Whatever. Who I don't knows? feel good. Life and health of the mother. Hey, so kill it. Who 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 makes that distinction of like, well, what is real life and health of the mother and what is not? Who, or, who or gets, mental health? Who who gets to make that decision? Yeah. Well, ultimately, it's going to be the woman. And if she doesn't want to have that baby, she's got a big old bump. She's twenty six, twenty seven weeks along, and she says. This is going to mess me up emotionally. I just can't afford this baby. It's going to mess with my life. And so what happens is the doctor goes in there and the doctor murders that baby. But of course she has to, at that point, actually deliver that baby. I object to the recent effort in Congress to pass a law saying after 20 weeks, you know, no such exceptions. Because although these are rare, Brett, they sometimes arise in the most complex, difficult medical situations. Fetal malformities in the oh, and, 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 and threats to the woman's health. Sure. Um, and so I think it is, uh, under Roe v. Wade, it is... Uh, right. So mm-hmm. here, here's the argument. Right. Because we should be able to kill retarded babies. Right. Say it. Oh, that's yeah. so offensive, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Do you hear how I said that? Yeah. Oh, doesn't that sound offensive now? Now it, does, it doesn't sound so good now, does it? Oh, mm-hmm. yeah, like fetal, uh, yeah, malformities, right? Malfor- yeah, that was oh, a how word. about we use words that are offensive? How about we say things like, I should be able to kill a retarded baby. Mm-hmm. Now, listen, if you heard me say that, I do not speak that way. No. no. But how about we say it like that? Mm-hmm. Do you think that people are going to be in on this fight if you actually start publicly speaking about it? Oh, right, no, yeah, we should be able to kill retarded babies. Yeah. yeah, retarded Ooh. babies. That's yeah, that's rough. Now, who wants retarded babies running around? Oh my goodness, right? Oh, you see what happens? That one hurt. That when one you, really re- hurt. When yeah. you when you actually you, when yeah, you my when, toes, yeah. when you see how people can take language and manipulate people's minds, then you begin under then you begin to understand exactly what's happening here right now. Right. But here's the thing: I could say it a different way that's actually a little more respectful, but honest. I could say. So you're arguing that handicapped babies, they should die. Right. Because who wants a handicapped baby? Come on, guys. No one wants to raise a handicapped kid. You should be able to kill handicapped children. All of a sudden now, my argument doesn't sound so, doesn't sound so nice. It doesn't sound, doesn't even sound human. I don't know if I'll vote for it anymore. Right? That's Mm. the point. You see here, this is all, did you catch it? Did you, tell me that you, tell me, please tell me that when she started to say it, you could have finished her sentence for her. When she said, we believe that this decision should be made oh, by, the woman, by the woman in consultation with, with her, her doctor, yeah. with her faith, and with her family. Do you know who says that? Every single Third. murderous Democratic supporter of abortion. Mm-hmm. Every single one. Yep. They have, they t- I, I imagine there's a class... <laughs> Right? Yes. They yeah. must have some class that they actually put you through when you go and you finally actually get hooked up and you're a senator or congressman or woman. Mm-hmm. You take a class and they say, okay, ready? Here are your sound bites. Yeah. Make sure you <laughs> use them because they work quite well for us. Yes, because Christians don't think <sighs> presuppositionally. Mm-hmm. They think, I don't know. Emotion. They're, they're just emotional. God loves well, me. It's, it's just the way I am. I don't have to change ever. And they don't actually listen to what we're saying, so we just change it because right. they don't think well, what if I say, I mean, to all these feminists, I'm like, well, you know, my wife and I are going to abort any of our children that are female. Right. Yeah, what then? I know. What right. then? Right. They're going to lose their minds. Yeah. Right. <gasps> well, 
Kill it because it's a no, but it's not. But it's not. It's not a person, right? So right. Why do you care? What right. if it's black? Yeah. Mm. Right. Exactly. Right. You can make any of those arguments, right. and they're gonna lose it. We found mm -hmm. out that our daughter got pregnant by a young black man, and so we're gonna kill it because it's black. Or you know, mm -hmm. we actually think we've discovered a gay gene. Yep. Oh yeah. And we're gonna kill every uh, homosexual fetus. Mm -hmm. uh, well, no. where's the where's the LGBT? advocates in that case yeah in the case of um the black lives matter where are they when people say those sorts of things and during mm -hmm. pregnancy for a young white girl that's pregnant with a a, a black baby mm -hmm. it, it doesn't work so well does it and that, yeah. this is the point and here's here's okay this is the final this is the end of the show right now okay this is the final thing i'm gonna say i didn't let you hear it but go listen to it go listen to what Pence said in response to Kane, when Kane says all this stuff about execution and everything else, now Pence comes in and he talks about abortion. That was the one spot. And my 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 problem. I, look, look, praise, you know, Pence professes faith in Jesus Christ. He is pro life. He wants babies to live. So praise God for him. I'm not going to diss the man. I was just concerned with how he went about actually defending the abortion issue. He was so soft. And ultimately, so gracious. You might say, "Well, Jeff, you have to be grac gracious and season it with salt, and you got to you got to be loving as a Christian, right?" But where are we driving now? Are we on the are we in the school zone? Mm. Are we on the are we on the freeway freeway in this discussion? I think we're on the freeway. Mm. Yeah. And I think people are actually dying. Right. And so when you're actually going There's against death. a guy who's saying, "Well, I'm against capital punishment for the murderer," but you know what? I think a woman has the right to murder her own baby. Yeah. I mean, what if it's handicapped? I mean, seriously. So you start thinking about that, and here now Pence actually has this very gent gentle argument and everything else. It's like, no, start using the right language. Say, well, you're talking about a woman killing her baby. That's mm -hmm. called murder. You want to dismember little babies in the womb. You want to do it to half a million uh, little women a year, and you want to do this, and you want women to have the right to do it. That's what you're talking about is murder. And when someone says, well, look, I can't impose my values on others. Well, you've been doing that the whole time. Mm -hmm. Yeah, You've been doing it the whole time. You just don't like it for this one. Yeah. So what you want is you want every other value that you love to be imposed by you at all times, except for the ones over here that they get into really sticky territory. Like they actually start to display what's going on in our hearts. They start to reveal a, a bloody massacre and Holocaust that's happening. That's what's taking place. So that's that's what that's what I wanted to say. There you go. That's my my assessment of the president vice presidential from a vice presidential debate is it was really not very interesting. Didn't really give much away, but that part right there got me. The against capital punishment hmm. portion. All right, so that was a show for today, guys. Hope you enjoyed it. That's a uh, hacksaw Jim Justice over there. Farewell, Luke the Bear. Peace out, Austin. Deuces. Post bit, post bit, <laughs> your show, bit. post bit that you've been running. What did you say? That's up Rust at Apologia bit. Studios right now on YouTube. You yep. guys can check it out. Post bit, Austin's been doing that, doing a fine job with that. Thank you. That is again at Apologia Studios. Go check it out. Go check out our channel on YouTube because we put a bunch of new stuff up there. I think it'll really bless you guys. Uh, don't forget to sign up for all access at ApologiaRadio.com, and you guys get all the content, TV shows, the after shows, uh, the after bros. Nice. Who's the winner, by the way? You did get. You did just get another one. I did. Oh, thank you. 
Did you mention the studio with your son? And Apology Academy. And then, yes, the new episode of the studio is up right now. And you guys can go check that out right now. And it is called The Black Hole. And uh, it is funny. My little eight-year-old... I was about to say that, but I thought, nah, it doesn't really fit. Wasn't there. Uh, The Black Hole. It's with my son, Stellar. We call him Turtle. It's pretty funny. He's eight years old. We think we'd get a kick out of it. Go check it out and go share it with your friends. We love you guys. Thank you to everybody who loves us, prays for us, and supports us financially. You're a well. You're you're why it happens. I mean, God through yes, you has made this whole ministry possible. People coming to Christ all around the world. People coming out of the cults. People starting ministries to abortion mills. It's all happening because you give seven dollars and ninety five cents a month. Mm-hmm. You make everything possible. Those so, donations are important. Yeah. <laughs> that was good. We love you guys, and we're grateful for you. Uh, Wait, who won? Please continue to pray for us. Who did win? Well. Austin's in the lead, but I have several written down. I could just rattle off. You can't do that. <laughs> I've, been, I've been writing them down. You didn't even work it, man. Congratulations. I'm taking it. Yeah, taking congratulations. I'll, what'd you say? Somebody already used it, but I said I'm taking the brophy. I don't think anybody did. Yeah, I we did. totally did. No. I said brophy. Yeah. Oh, well then, I, I said take brophy. that, that was mine. back. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> All right, <laughs> love you guys. Hey, Marcus, thanks for the ones and twos today, man. No problem. All right, catch you guys next week. What's up, y'all? This is Jeff Durbin with Apologia Radio at ApologiaRadio.com. Want to talk to you guys about an amazing connection that we have right now with Whitfield Theological Seminary. I want you to run over to Whitfield.edu, Whitfield.edu, W-H-I-T-E-F-I-E-L-D.edu. I want you to check out the programs they have. They have undergraduate programs at Whitfield College, and they also have Whitfield Theological Seminary for the graduate degree and above and beyond. I, I think you'll really be impressed with the rigorous nature of the classes, the consistent biblical worldview taught and adhered to. I want you to contact Whitfield Theological Seminary at whitfield.edu. Get a hold of our friend, Dr. Kenneth Talbot, and start your classes today. Apologiaradio.com.